has his hat on, and um, I backwards. don't. I don't backwards. Yeah. Oh boy. And and Hannah does. I don't know if uh, Senator Lincoln Huff, who is the uh, of course the chair of the Appropriations Committee, I don't know if he has his hat on this morning. But uh, how you doing, Senator Huff? Good to make acquaintance virtually. Yeah, uh, Randy, so I do have a hat on. Uh, it's a uh, Schrable Fertilizer Company. Great <laughs> cattle down here in southwest Missouri. And so these guys, you know, we're, we're busy when I need to be spreading fertilizer on fields. We're busy in Jeff City, and they started a couple of years ago taking care of all that for me, and they do an awesome job. So there's a shout-out to them. And, and welcome to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, think, I think everybody knows it, but... You had big shoes to fill, and I think so far, so good. So well, thank you. Yeah, actually, I big flip-flops to fill, and I'm still debating whether or not I should buy a pair or not. I just don't <laughs> I know. <love> and <laughs> Senator it. Huff did tell me that this was the most exciting part of his pre-8 a.m. day. So I'm, I'm counting that as a win. So, uh, Senator Huff, uh, first of all, uh, you know, we were at the, at the, I'm sorry we didn't get to shake hands and meet you at the uh, governor's prayer breakfast uh, yeah. on Thursday, but... Um, you were talking about spreading fertilizer. There's a lot of fertilizer that started spreading around the Senate floor. In you, you know, know what? I, metaphorically, on Thursday, wow, it got off to some fireworks. I, I, I joke with people a lot. I've got two jobs, and I love them both, and they're both oddly similar. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, lot of, lot of that ammonium nitrate from a different That's source right. going on the Senate floor. Um, well, let, let, let's get down to some business. What um, sure. I, I know that your budget priorities uh, include mental health services and some real, you know, important things, and we'll get to those. But I yep. guess the overarching question is, man, are you just going to be beating and, and anyone who wants to get anything done beating their heads against the wall this year? Oh, I, I mean, I hope not, Randy. And you know, it, yes, it's it started off with some fireworks. You know, uh, I, I like to remind people that you know. We get more done when we get along. Now, government getting a lot of things done, you know, we can argue that that's not always the greatest thing either. So slowing things down and making sure that what we're doing is, is important to the people that we serve, great. The, the thing I could do without is all the, you know, all the kind of personal attacks and the, the rock throwing back and forth, because I just don't think that's good for anyone. I mean, if, if you want to go argue a policy position and you want to make your case, and quite frankly, in the Missouri Senate, if you've got yourself and 17 other people that think that's a good idea you're going to get to pass but if you're you know if you're in the if you're in the super minority in that chamber and you've got some you know maybe not great ideas they're probably not going to get done and that's not a it's not a personal attack at anyone that's just the nature of how that chamber operates Senator, we appreciate you joining us. Of course, you chair appropriations, and uh, I would argue, I would argue, quite frankly, after the pro tem, no offense to the majority leader Cindy O'Laughlin, who I know is listening, I'd argue appropriations chair is probably the second biggest uh, and most powerful position because you have a very big perch chair along with Cody Smith in the House. I want to ask you about the interview that we had. I hope you had a chance to hear it uh, the other day with uh, your your colleague, a House colleague, Don Mayhew, who chairs House Transportation accountability and he has filed a bill to rename i-44 i-70 and i-70 i-44 and the reason he's filed that and he knows that bill's not going to pass uh he he's still filing it and he's going to proceed but on this show he said two main things number one he you were the you were the main focus of the of the 2.8 billion dollar i-70 plan he says that expansion on i-70 is the this is a direct quote here sir the largest boondoggle in state history. In number two, Senator, he said, if anything needs to be six-laned, it's I-44 in his district. Senator, your response. Well, so interesting that someone that, you know, has I-44 in his district would make that case. I mean, you guys know I 
I represent Springfield. Yes, I drive do. on I four a lot more than I do I seventy. Quite frankly, uh, what the representative I guess maybe doesn't understand is that I seventy was actually is actually a shovel ready environmental study works already been done. It's ready to go. The uh, awarding of the first bid I think is going to happen by the end of February. You know, starting in Columbia and headed east over mm-hmm. Kingdom City. Mm-hmm. That project's been broken up into six different uh, projects to get done over the next half dozen years. Again, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because if you're the chair, I guess, of the House Transportation Accountability Committee, you should probably know this stuff. But the environmental study work hasn't even been completed on I-44. And what we did in conjunction with the rebuilding of I-70, which, by the way, is the oldest interstate in this country. It's almost 70 years old itself. What we did is we put $20 million in to complete the environmental study work on I-44, such that by the time that work is done, and by the way, we should have all gotten into apparently the environmental study work on highways, because I don't know why in the world it would cost $20 million to get that done, but that's the price tag. Uh, When I-70 is complete, if we're in a financial position, it'll be long after I'm out of the Senate appropriations role, but if we're in a position, we then can start working on I-44. And again, to the representative, I would say there are sections of I-44 that if he'll keep his powder dry, I'd like to start working on. We put some sections in the budget last year uh, at the behest of some House members. And ultimately, you know, the governor vetoed that balancing of, you know, his priorities in the budget with his red pen. But there's nothing to say that we can't take some of the portions of I-44 that are ready and start working on. The other thing I'd remind the representative is that I-44 was never going to get done. In totality, as long as we were spending between 80 and $110 million a year doing maintenance on 70. That's a little secret not a lot of people know. MoDOT, and you guys see it because you're in Columbia and yep. I think you're driving you know, on 70 all the time. There's construction going on on 70 all the time. But, folks, it's patchwork. It's just, it's just you know, getting this section done and redoing a small section here and there. Uh, I-70 is, is a major, obviously, major thoroughfare, not just through Missouri but through uh, you know, the whole Midwest. And when we talk to, uh, you know, shipping companies, quite frankly, who say we try to avoid that section of interstate highway through the Midwest, that's a problem. And it's a problem for the rural parts of our communities in Missouri that are, that are getting those, you know, farm, we call them farm to market roads, you know, down to the feeders, the feed into I-70. And then there's, you know, then there's traffic jams on I-70. So it needed to be a priority. I'm glad that we put a plan together the idea that it's the biggest boondoggle in the state's history is, you know, hilarious to me because the projects are just now getting started. So it's kind of hard to say that it's not working when we're when we're just now getting started on it. But I have the utmost confidence that in the next five, six, seven years, uh, the citizens of this state are going to be excited about what we've done there. And quite frankly, like, guys, that's what Republicans ought to be doing. We ought to get back to actually doing the work that our citizens and our communities depend on and, and stop this kind of nonsensical infighting about, you know, who's, who's more this or more that. I, you know, I was listening to your show the other day, and, you know, you guys have made motion, mentions of communities that used to be represented by Democrats, yep. you know, all over the state. And I always, I always use Jefferson County. Yep. Jeff County used to, used to have Democrats from the state level down to the local county level, and now they're all Republicans because right. the Democrats – 
did what the Republicans are doing to each other now, and I just call it the cannibalization of the party, and it's unfortunate, but maybe it's just a sign of the times where we are right now. And they're all pro-labor over there still, but they're they're very conservative. I just point out right. to listeners that, uh, Mr. Chairman, the uh, representative who made those comments about your bill is a Republican. You're a Republican. I want to clarify that, but I sense I sense frustration in your voice. I sense frustration with what he said on this show. Well, it's frustration. It's frustration in uh, not being able to move past maybe a priority that he had that he didn't get done and come in with a workable solution, right? Instead of instead of coming over to the Senate and working with the second floor, uh, the, you know, the governor and the administration down there, you have someone who apparently just wants to complain. And again, I don't want to sit here, Randy. I don't want to sit here by you know and, and John. I don't want to sit here and you know throw rocks at a, at a Republican colleague. I'm sure he has a reason to say and think what he wants, but at the end of the day, we are we are better as a party, we're better as a state, we're better as a people when we can find commonality and common ground and work towards those priorities. Look, yeah, you know, we came into a special session a year and a half ago when the governor called us back to work on an ag bill and a tax cut, and we cut over a billion dollars, a billion dollars in individual income tax in this state, and it's like people don't even remember that now. Like, I've got Republican colleagues saying, standing up on the Senate floor saying, we've got to cut taxes. We need to cut taxes. Tony Luptemeyer, Senator Luptemeyer, cut $320 million worth of taxes for everyone who receives a Social Security check in this state last year. So in the last 18 months, we've cut almost a billion and a half dollars in taxes and made investments in our infrastructure. Like, there's a lot of successes that I think we can you know, be proud of. And, and too often times, I think people get hung up with, well, I didn't get this one thing or something else, and they get frustrated. So it's, you know, I, I, I try to focus on the, the positive things that we're doing. That's Senator Lincoln Huff, uh, chair of the Appropriations Committee here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Senator, do you see a replay of what happened a couple sessions ago with the federal reimbursement allowance and the conservative caucus, and they got all tied up with the whole angle of Planned Parenthood and Medicaid and all that? Do you see that battle returning this session? Oh, I'm sure we'll have. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a discussion about it. We've got a hearing on that bill in my appropriations committee next week. Uh, probably gets on the floor, you know, fairly early in session because I think most everyone understands that when you have a little more than a four billion dollar program in this state we need to figure out a way to fund it and and you know receive those dollars from the fed uh you know i did a little checking because you know people and look the the nonsense at planned parenthood needs to stop i I don't I, i don't talk to a colleague who doesn't agree with that this you know the the video footage that gets circulated about you know young women you know with without their parents' knowledge being, you know, expedited to another state to have some horrendous thing done. Like, I don't agree with any of that. That that needs to be taken care of, and I wholeheartedly will support the efforts to do that. That being said, the FRA, the Federal Reimbursement Allowance, does not directly flow to any Planned Parenthood uh, provider in this state. This goes to our hospitals, it goes to nursing homes, it goes to pharmacies, to quite frankly, pay for medical care for, you know, a poor population. So I would hope that uh, my colleagues can can understand that and get past that and work towards what we need to do to fix the Planned Parenthood problems 
uh, with with other legislation. Absolutely. I mean, it's my understanding they don't participate in that. That's a tax Correct. that hospitals Correct. impose on themselves to maximize matching funds from the feds, and then it gets redistributed to serve the underserved, period. It, it has nothing to do with Planned Parenthood. Correct. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now, yesterday, Bill Eigel took to Twitter to talk about a vote uh, that was taken in the Senate on a rule change. He wanted omnibus bills to have to sit for two days and pointed out, well, there are some people who said they voted last year on bills that they never even read. So any comments on that uh, proposed well, and defeat? Sure. of the? But then another question related to yeah. omnibus bills, because the Missouri Supreme Court also recently struck down a bill. So yeah. a comment. Yeah. On the rule change. And then has there been any discussion amongst the senators? Hey, we've got to be careful on these omnibus bills because we don't want our mm-hmm. legislation struck down. Sure. Yeah. So so the first part of that is is almost hysterical because Senator Eigel actually admitted that he has voted on bills that he's not read. OK. And so he's, I guess, trying to come up with a creative way to not have to really do his homework and have something sit, you know, outside of the chamber for he started with three days went back to, I think, 24 hours or a legislative day. My real opinion about this is that if anyone in the Missouri Senate wants to walk out on the floor at any time and say, wait a minute, I want to walk through this legislation. I want to walk through this line by line. I've had bills on the floor that colleagues, when, when, when you believe all the negotiating is done, colleagues will stand up and they will say, hang on, Senator, let's go through this. And you know what my response is? We should, and I'm happy to do that. The most open and honest and transparent in front of God and everyone way to pass laws is like that, open, in the chamber, on the floor, with the sponsor and any and all interested parties asking any and all questions as that thing moves through the process. I mean, you know, Senator Koenig is kind of the king, in my opinion, of negotiating. I mean, he, he did the, the Wayfair legislation, you know, Internet sales tax collection, which he worked on for years. But he is, I mean, I, I would describe him as the king of negotiating and working with others to come up with a workable solution on a lot of fronts, right? And oftentimes his bills get big. But you know what? Andrew, I'll call him Andrew, Senator Koenig, will walk out on the floor and he'll stand there and he'll explain to anyone what's in it. And that's how the Senate's supposed to work. In my opinion, this rule change that Senator Igel was proposing is just a lazy way for him to not have to do his homework. All right. Well, I, clearly yeah. some clearly some battle lines are drawn. Clearly, uh, you have a lot of rationale and a lot of clear explanations for why you think and do the things you do. I uh, I, I like what I'm hearing uh, on our first well, look, on our first encounter here as a host and guest. I, I why don't I propose this? Why don't we have Lincoln Days uh, more often than just in March? Why don't we have Lincoln Days like you know periodically? Let's just do a regular Lincoln Days thing. Or what do you say? I would. I'd be more than happy to get okay. on with you guys anytime. You know, the second second part of that question that you guys asked about the omnibus bills. Uh, if if more legislation moved through the Senate, there yep. wouldn't be as much of a need for those types of bills. Well, right. what happens is things get bogged down and things get slow for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then you come up to the end of session. And you know, the reason that that House bill that you mentioned, sixteen oh six, was ultimately overturned is that. I think the Supreme Court came in and said, uh, you got too many different things going on here. This isn't a, this violates the single subject uh, I, laws of this state, and, and we're going to toss it out. So I'm, 
I'm hearing a call for propriety from Senator Lincoln Huff. Hey, we got to run here or else Hannah's going to just beat me silly. So, uh, hey, thanks. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. We'll, we'll book another date right away real soon. Okay, thanks, Senator. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is, Senator Lincoln Huff. When we come back, John, what's up your sleeve? Some about.